Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. Generally speaking, I don't know about you, but I prefer to eat my calories than to drink them. I can't believe we haven't done a deep dive yet on this drink thing, but... Yeah. It's probably time. It's that time of year when we are all, you know, hopefully people are not attending a lot of gatherings, but maybe we have um, more beverage calories around than usual. So I think it's a great opportunity to talk about those, like you said, those unconscious calories that we all take in for beverages. Well, welcome back. I'm excited about this episode, but before we get started, I do want to say something we've not really said before in our podcast. We really do appreciate our listeners and we appreciate your ideas and feedback for us. So we do want to recommend if you are listening to us to do us a favor and subscribe and or rate our podcast on your favorite platforms. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, we love your feedback. We love your show ideas. And especially as we transition into 2021, no topic is too small or big <laughs> or weird. We are always looking for new ideas, and we'd love to hear from you. So mm-hmm. make sure that you're checking in with us on our website at uh, dish at secretliferd.com, or you can even just shoot us a mes- message on Instagram at the Secret Life Dietitians. And, and we just love to get some new ideas for 2021. Absolutely. It's been a rough year. And I've been hearing a lot from my clients about COVID weight gain and how now we're heading into the holidays and we'll start seeing all those posts about all this holiday weight gain that we see, we t- tend to see over this type of year and that type of thing. So it got me thinking that it's, calories from drinks are such an unconscious thing that we don't really think about that. I think that a lot of people don't realize some of the extra calories are coming from there. And I think a lot of my clients have struggled with this this past year and maybe have been drinking a little bit more than they normally do. And so I thought we'd talk about the extra calories that come from that. And then I'd also like to talk about some understanding where calories are coming from, from beverages, but then how does it affect us and our bodies and how is it affecting our blood sugars and maybe our weight? And then we're going to give you some tips for surviving the holidays. Right. You know, I think even beyond calories, you know, if we're especially talking about alcohol, there are other physical effects that alcohol has on your body more than just maybe making you feel relaxed or um, kind of being the basis of a good time. But if you have you know, a strong family history of certain cancers, if you have, you know, other medical issues that may lead you to, you know, not want to consume alcohol, please know that you're not alone. Right. You are trying to work on cutting back on alcohol. There is a whole movement, and I follow a lot of this on social media, about dry, you know, months or even, you know, exploring the worlds of non-alcoholic beers and non-alcoholic wines. And I have to say, just personally, those are things that I have great interest in just from my own health perspective. Not only, you know, I still enjoy alcoholic beverages, but I like the idea of being able to enjoy the taste, enjoy the social aspect without the booze. 
And I think that is something that if you're looking to cut back on things, shoot me a message. I've got all kinds of great ideas on non-alcoholic <laughs> beers that actually taste good. I'm always happy to give feedback on stuff that I purchased that I like and can give you feedback as well. So you're not alone. If this is something you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to listen to this one because I'm trying to cut back. There are other reasons beyond just your waistline Mm -hmm. that maybe alcohol does not fit into your lifestyle. But just like you mentioned at the beginning, people are drinking more. I think there's become kind of a culture around drinking, particularly for moms, that Mm -hmm. sort of rewarding yourself after a long day with a glass of wine Mm -hmm. or just even the kind of the way wine and beer just sort of fit into every social event that we have, you know, and like I said at the beginning, hopefully we're not having a lot of gatherings and parties this year. I hope people are kind of staying home, but there's a kind of a thought, even just going back to, you know, the old happy hour where people go right after work and have several beverages, two or three, or maybe more, and then go home. You know, I think those do add up quickly. And I think that's something that that's definitely worth considering. So let's kind of get into, you know, kind of, we talked about the health, the health effects, but in terms of your waistline, in terms of your worrying about the scale at this time of year, what can alcohol contribute to that? Sure. And I think let's unpack a little bit of that too. I think when you talk about like substituting for the non-alcoholic beverages over the alcoholic beverages, let's talk about calories and, and understand that your alcohol calories are not compare. They're not the same as what you would think about for carbohydrates and proteins. So like there are seven calories per gram of alcohol versus four calories per gram of carbohydrate or four calories per gram of protein. The only thing that we consume that's higher in calories per gram is fat. And right. that's nine calories per gram. So I always love that statistic that four calories per for carbohydrates and four calories for protein. Secret, they're the same. Right. So people <laughs> who blame carbohydrates for their weight gain. Yes. Are not it doesn't make sense right because it's the same number of calories per gram as protein yep yep and and that's that's yeah i think so too And, and so let's think about like the average consumption of an alcoholic beverage most alcoholic beverages are going to be a good 100 calories per per beverage and so you know most of us even if we don't consume it daily, there are resources out that, that says that the adult population consumes about 100 calories per day on average from alcoholic beverages. So you may not be drinking it every day, but maybe you're having more on the weekends or something like that too. So what that means is when, when we talk about 100 calories per day, little math here, right? So 100 calories per day, there's 365 days per, per year. That's 365,000 calories. It takes 3,500 calories to equal a pound of weight. So on an average, that means that most of us could put on 10 pounds a year for just eating an extra 100 calories a day. Right. And right. that that's where I like to think about these these types of calories because these are the types of calories that aren't necessary in our diet. They're not going to provide us with a lot of nutrition in moderation. They're okay. But when we get them out of control and if we do 
if we're eating our food and we're actually drinking calories from alcohol that's extra than what our bodies yeah. need, that's when we run into the problem. Does that make right. sense? Right. And I think there's even some thought that sometimes if you are, you know, some people only consume alcoholic beverages when they're out to dinner, maybe. So they're having not only a very high calorie meal, you know, a meal that's running you 1,500 or 2,000 calories, then they're having a half bottle of wine on top of that. And now we're talking about significantly more calories. The other thing is, you know, it's not just the alcohol itself. Sometimes it's the, the mixer. You know, yes. you think about Mexican <laughs> restaurants and the margaritas as big as your head and, you know, those mm-hmm. types of things. Those things can really add up. And, you know, even just from the drink, you can be taking in 1,500 calories. And then that's before you've had any chips or any meal. Right. 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 Yep. And I think the, the problem is what we've learned is I think a lot of us, we don't, when we drink our calories, we're not as conscious about those calories and we tend to still want to eat. Like you said, you're out to dinner. You're, those are just kind of like superfluous calories. They don't, you know, and so. That's where I just thought this would be good to talk about because we do get calories, not just even talking alcoholic. If you're not drinking alcoholic calories, are you drinking extra beverages that are providing you with calories that your body then isn't really paying attention to? And then you're getting extra calories in your diet. Right. I think when people think about calorie beverages, probably the first one that comes to mind is pop up, you know, and there are certainly lots of calories in soda and there's lots of calories in even things like you know lemonades and fruit punches mm-hmm. and sweet tea a, a dollar yeah. right sweet tea if i had a dollar for every patient that's told me that oh i gave up pop and now i'm just doing a big mcdonald's sweet tea every day yes they're the same you know yeah. in terms of calories even just something as simple as as much you know if you drink a lot of coffee and you throw a lot of coffee creamer in it every day yeah um, that can add up super quick so those things those, do add up. Those like Starbucks said, drinks, yeah. Everybody's right. going to the Starbucks right. drive through right now. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah, if you're hitting coffee shops frequently, you can certainly add, you know, a couple hundred calories to your day or more mm-hmm. by just having, you know, a full-fat latte or a hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. And you might think, oh, it's just a hot chocolate. What's the big deal? You know, right. But it might be 300 calories worth of hot chocolate. And then you have something else on top of it, you know, as a snack you're all all of a sudden at meal calories. Right. So I looked this up because I thought it might be eye-opening to think about is like, so when we talk about a 12-ounce can of soda, cola, pop, whatever you want to call it, you know, 12 ounces is about 124 up to 189 calories in 12 ounces. Uh, if we talk about sweet tea, we mentioned that that's 129 to 143 calories in 12 ounces. So like you said, it's the same. A cranberry juiced cocktail, 12 ounces of that is 205 calories. So right. we start adding up those calories and those types of beverages. And the latte, like you mentioned, 12 ounces of that is with a whole milk as 122 calories versus, you know, coffee with cream, like maybe a tablespoon of like two tablespoons of a half and half is going to be 40 to 43 calories. So that's a little better. (laughs) I think the other thing to remember is there are some beverages that have some nutritional value. Right. I'm not a huge fan of fruit juice, but hey, you're getting some fruit. 
You know, um, sure. I'm not a huge fan of lots and lots of milk, but again, you're getting, you know, calcium if you're drinking a couple of cups of milk a day. So right. there's a difference between a sweet tea, which is just providing calories with very little nutrition. So what we would call calorie dense in nerdy dietitian world <laughs> versus nutrient dense things like milk and, and frankly, even fruit juice in moderation. Yeah. So there's, you know, certainly, in, you know, or VA juice or whatever you want to get. There's, a, there's a big difference to me. If you're getting at least some nutrition with the calories, if you can make it kind of worth it, I guess. For lack yeah, of a better that's our secret, right? So when I talk about drinking your beverages, yeah, if you drink a glass of milk, the difference there is you're actually getting carbohydrates and protein, and that is a little more filling. And so actually the body does recognize those calories a little differently, which is nice. Right. And then if you do drink like a hundred percent juice, at least you're getting some vitamin C and maybe some of the minerals and vitamins that are in the, that particular juice versus a sports drink that doesn't have any juice to it. You know, that's, that's the difference is those types of calories are the ones that I think we need to pay attention to that aren't giving us any other nutrition. Right. So let's kind of go back then to talking about alcohol. Yes. And how much we should consume. I've talked about at the beginning of the podcast, you know, you may have reasons for abstaining and I completely respect them. <laughs> and again, if you're looking to find, you know, even more fun ways to abstain, there are plenty of non-alcoholic options out there that no longer taste like Odules. No offense to Odules. You know, there are lots of really good ones out there. The one that's tricky to me Things like IPAs, that they can be much higher in calories than your average Bud Light or Coors Light. So that's something to remember as well. Yeah, interesting. See, I'm not a big bear drinker, so I'll take your word on these things. Yeah, you know, and they're actually more, because they're more alcohol, they're more calories, but they're also consuming more alcohol. Um, there's a website that I'll put in the show notes on how to calculate a drink equivalent. Okay. So, for example, if you have an IPA that's a seven and a half percent, that's more like if you have one serving, like a one and a half drinks. If we talk about how many drinks yeah. you're actually consuming, because the the alcohol content is so much higher. Sure, um, I guess that makes sense. Like an IPA. Yeah. You know, some of the double IPAs my husband enjoys, you know, can be ten percent. I mean, that's almost as much as a glass of wine, except the serving's a lot larger. You know, when okay. you're talking about beer. Yep. That's true. Okay. So that's the big difference. Cause I think about that. Cause there's some wines that I drink occasionally and their percent alcohols is higher. And it makes sense right. that those, uh, if your alcohol percent is higher, obviously your calories are going to be higher. Right. But you're also drinking less probably, you know, you're true. having a, a five or six ounce glass of wine versus having a 12 ounce beer or even a, right. a, a taller beer than that can end up adding up really quickly. And some of those, you know, super high IPAs can end up being 250 or 300 calories per serving per can. And okay. that's, that's quite the addition to your day, you know, calorically. Okay. Right. So the bigger difference is the calories. Because in general, what we're talking about with the serving of alcohol is like a 12-ounce beer, uh, mm -hmm. regular beer, uh, is going to be like 12 ounces of beers, 155 calories. A light beer would yeah. be about 104, but a, a red wine, a white wine, 
the serving size is actually more like five ounces, but the calories are like 125 ish. Right. So the calories actually, I tell this to a lot of people and they, they're surprised. But then if you talk about hard liquor, okay. So one and a half ounces of hard liquor is your serving size and that's 96 calories. So all things considered, the hard liquor is the less, the least amount of calories. But it's also the smallest pour. So right. it's the one you're most likely to mix with something else. Exactly. It's the one you're going to add the Coke to. It's the one you're, you know, if you're going to do a rum and Coke, it's the one you're going to maybe right. add a mixer to if you're going to have a mixed drink. Right. You know, those are the ones where the calories can add up, not from the booze itself, but from mm-hmm. the additions to the alcohol. Yes. So that's a great website. We'll have to share that with everyone. Yep. Okay. So in terms of alcohol, Amounts that are safe for consumption, the general guideline is one drink a day for women or two drinks a day for men. Although after the age of 65, they back it down to one drink a day for men as well. So again, you know, if you find that you're doing okay during the week, and this is the other thing to remember is if you're not consuming at all during the week, it's still not a good idea to have all seven beverages then on Saturday. Right. It's actually considered a binge drinking episode, which isn't healthy either. Right. So if you're thinking about, and maybe this is from just more of a Mediterranean point of view, you know, the Mediterranean diet talks about wine with meals, sensible wine consumption. We'll add that link in too, which I really like from an organization called Old Ways on how to sensibly consume wine. You know, they're talking about, you know, five ounces once a day with a meal, you know, as a safe, reasonable way to consume alcohol. Because there are some health benefits to alcohol. Right. You know, one of those things that's really tough to raise is your good cholesterol. I mean, unless you're genetically blessed, sometimes it's a really tough thing to raise. And we do think maybe a small amount of red wine may be beneficial in raising that good cholesterol. Right. And I've seen it work where it's when we when you say a small amount, I've seen somebody just start adding one ounce of wine every night, even every other night, and shot the HDL up quite a bit. Right. It doesn't right. have so, to be a lot, maybe even. We, we need right. to study this more, but I think that that's fascinating. Yeah. Right. What I like about the Mediterranean attitude about it is that if you're having it with a meal, it takes the focus off of just drinking. Mm-hmm. It takes the focus off of, you know, our you know, being social and, you know, getting a buzz or whatever, that it really takes the focus and the the wine becomes part of the meal. Yes. Um, That's, we we like to just taste wine because we like to see what does it pair well with or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of an adventure for me from a, you know, a foodie type of view. Yeah. That I don't need to even maybe drink the whole glass. I can have a taste or two. Oh, that pairs well with that piece of chocolate or that, you know, piece of meat that we're having. So again, there's ways to work those things in without having to abstain, but not necessarily overdoing it. Yep. Absolutely. Which kind of takes me to this month. It's November still, uh, but it's diabetes awareness month. And that's where I was also kind of thinking about all of this and how we could present it and talk about it today is just when you drink your calories, it can affect your blood sugars. When you are consuming calories in a drink, it can be a double whammy for blood sugar control, but then also the extra calories. And the thing is, 
it you are better off to drink it like you mentioned with the Mediterranean diet approach where if you're consuming it with a meal or a snack when you have it stand alone it will affect your blood sugars differently it will spike your blood sugars and drop your blood sugars pretty quickly if all you're doing is drinking if all you're doing is consuming even just consuming pop not even just talking about alcohol for a second you know it will affect your blood sugar the one that doesn't do that, of course, is the milk that I mentioned before because it has a little protein in it and that is better. But generally speaking, it's best if you're going to consume drinks that have calories in them, it's better off to drink it with a meal because I think your body then it's going to maybe recognize the calories a little bit better, right? Right. Are there any people with diabetes that you work with that you just don't recommend drinking at all? I, I mean, medically speaking, if there's complications, then that we might need to consider, I guess. Is that what you're thinking about? Yeah. Are there particular types of patients or with medications that you see people on for diabetes that you feel like eh, alcohol may not mix well with that? Yeah, I would say especially kidney patients and anybody who has some kidney issues going on, we, we need to look at that. I know there are some cardiac medications that say they don't mix well with alcohol. Sometimes I wonder if it's like just don't take it with alcohol versus don't drink at all. Sure, Um, sure. You know, I know people who have had obviously uh, pancreatitis or who have liver disease should avoid alcohol. You know, so there are definitely some medical conditions. And and obviously, if you have been diagnosed with something like that, I'm sure you've heard that from your primary provider or from your specialist. Sure. That, hey, you're not going to want to have alcohol anymore. Right, right. Because you have a history of pancreatitis. Exactly. Yeah. Primarily, that I think is going to come and dictate from the medications that you're on and the specific medication recommendations. So... That's something uh, to the, talk to your pharmacist about. Yeah. If you're not sure, if your primary provider or if you're, you know, your dietitian isn't isn't quite sure, definitely something to ask your pharmacist about. Yeah. I mean, not just even diabetes, but I think if you're on some sort of antibiotic, a lot of times they tell you not to drink that with alcohol as well. So, right. yeah. Well, let's talk about some tips to control drinking during this time. But the first thing I want to do before that is take a quick break. Yeah. I wanted to talk about something. Do you have health insurance? You know, do you know if your plan covers visits with a dietitian for a medical nutrition therapy? Uh, these days, most of our plans that are out there do actually include this. And so we're kind of getting towards the end of the year. You might not realize that your plan has coverage and you will lose those visits because it restarts in January. You know, we love our listeners and we love that you are listening to our podcast and we do hope that you take away to, you know, tidbits and nutrition tips. But if you feel like you need a more in-depth nutrition advice, consider meeting one-on-one with a registered dietitian. For our Ohio listeners, I'm called Dietitian in Your Kitchen. We are all accepting new clients right now. And for those of you who are outside of Ohio, feel free to reach out and I can give you some information on how to connect with a dietitian in your area. If you want to find out more about Dietitian in Your Kitchen, you can visit our website at dietitianinyourkitchen.com. So let's talk about if it's included in your plan, right? That's the big asterisk with insurance. Welcome to my life. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So for a lot of insurance companies, when I mention that, it's like talking about Anthem, Cigna, uh, Medicare, Medicaid. 
even though a dietitian is in contract and listed on their website, your particular insurance plan may or may not cover for meeting with a dietitian. So what you need to do is reach out to your insurance company to figure out what might be covered. Most dietitians you reach out to will be happy to help you with that and and figure out if your insurance company covers it or not. At Dietitian in Your Kitchen, we just recommend you can contact us for a discovery call. We can talk you through the options for paying for the visit with the dietitian. Will there be a copay? We'll, we'll find out and work with your insurance company to find out. So if you're interested in this, feel, feel free to check us out at dietitianinyourkitchen.com. That's D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N in your kitchen.com. It's dietitian is spelled just like the dietitian for our podcast. Now, where were we? <laughs> so let's talk about getting through this holiday time, getting through, frankly, the rest of COVID, you know, and how, how to deal with that. So I think the good first tip is just being aware being mindful, being aware of the calories that you're consuming. Maybe even just if you're somebody who does drink on a daily basis, just writing down over a week yeah. how many times. There are actually some cool apps that I've used for putting in alcohol equivalents for the week. Um, I'll attach a couple of ideas of things that I've used. Cool. So you can just being sometimes just writing it down. Yeah, just like absolutely. Calorie, like calorie counting for food, just mm-hmm. writing it down, can you make you aware of, oh gosh, I am taking in a thousand calories a week from alcohol. Maybe I do need to cut back on that if I'm struggling with my weight. And maybe it's not just alcohol. Maybe it's also some sports drinks you're drinking or some soda pops and colas right. or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> yep. So. I think consuming them with a meal or snack is a great idea. Take the focus off of just drinking. Yep. And, you know, making sure that if you are just drinking alone, like not, not drinking alone, but drinking on just, just the alcohol just, on its own, mm-hmm. that you're, if you are struggling with your blood sugar, that you're mindful of that and yep. maybe having at least a little something to eat before you begin consuming alcohol. So right. even if you just have some cheese and crackers with your wine, yes. uh, again, yeah. sometimes that can be, that can be a good way to do it. Yeah, that's, um, that's my favorite tip. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, those, those holiday parties, even if we're doing them over Zoom this year <laughs> or whatever other media you might be using, uh, my favorite thing to do is alternate alcoholic with non-alcoholic. It's one of the reasons I enjoy non-alcoholic beverages, not even it's a non-alcoholic, whether it's a water uh-huh. or even a non-alcoholic beer, mm-hmm. because then I can still sit and be social and have a good time and enjoy the taste. Right. Without consuming, you know, sig- you know, significantly more calories or alcohol. But you can also stretch your alcohol. So you can take wine and make a spritzer. Uh-huh. You know, you can yeah. put an ounce of wine in with some club soda and some ice. Uh-huh. And you're only consuming an, al- an ounce of wine at that point along with, you know, the, the spritzer or the club soda. So right. Again, good way to cut calories. People don't realize this, but club soda has zero calories. <laughs> Right. It sounds like um, it had calories because of the soda. <laughs> and sometimes legit, I just want to use a fancy glass. Yes. You know, like I, I, and I've seen this at restaurants where somebody will order like, like a San Pellegrino or a sparkling water like that and then get served in a wine glass. And I'm like, I should do that at home. Yes. That's, then, you know, like sometimes I just want to use my wine glass yep. for dinner, but I don't want to drink wine. Right. So yeah, 
if you if a fancy glass helps you get through drinking maybe something like water or sparkling water, yeah, again, it can allow you to feel social, feel included. I mm-hmm. think that's part of the issue with alcohol for many people is they, especially if they have a, a friend group that consumes frequently, you can feel left out yeah. if you're not consuming. So, okay, if you're somebody who's either cutting calories for a health reason or for just for a plain caloric reason, right. um, yeah, you can go and you can be social. You don't have to sit there and just drink a Coke. Mm-hmm. You can go and be social and you know, feel like you're included. So definitely take advantage of those things when you can. Yeah, yeah I always encourage that. If you're going to drink and alternate, I recommend, you know, consider alternating with like a non-calorie beverage even, right. you know, so you have your wine, but then put your non-alcohol, non-calorie beverage in your wine glass that you are using. So, right. uh, makes you feel like you're still drinking socially wise too, when you're, uh, with a group of people, which won't happen hopefully anytime soon. Right. <laughs> if you're, hopefully you're being safe. And I, I mean, not that I don't want to be around people, but you know, Right. And I think there's nothing wrong with if you know you're going to be going to a a party or I guess having a party, whether over Zoom, hopefully. um, Yeah. And you know, you might have two drinks that next night. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have a dry day or two beforehand, you know, and say, I know I'm going to be and I've done this before where I know we're going to be going out with friends or something like that. And again, probably, of course, prior to COVID. Yeah. I could say, oh, I know we're going to go out tomorrow night and I might have two drinks instead of one drink like I normally have. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to save a couple of days of not having alcohol just to kind of balance it out with the mindset that you don't want to, again, save all of your beer for the weekend right. or all of your beer for Saturday. Right. Because that's, you know, binge drinking, you're better off to drink it during the week, all through the week than have right. one episode of binge drinking. Right. Yep. Yep. And if, and of course, if you're struggling with alcohol, we will include information on how to get help. Yep. Uh, in our show notes, because again, I am not, you know, obviously naive to the fact that some people just have difficulty stopping drinking, period. Right. It's not and just a matter of calories and wanting to cut back right. on calories and then it's easy to do. Right. Right. So we'll definitely include some of that information. If it's not for yourself, it might be for somebody that you love. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving and thanks for joining us on this a podcast to talk about rethinking your drink over the next few weeks. Hope it helps. And please be safe. Please stay home. Please wear your mask. If you do go out, I work in a hospital. Please help us out. Yes. (laughs) I just, I beg of you, please help us out. Right. So yeah, we will catch you uh, the next, next, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love your help. If you are enjoying our podcast, you can do us a favor by subscribing or rating our podcast. We always enjoy hearing your feedback. Please keep sending us your show ideas. Send us your ideas at dish at secretliferd.com or follow us on Instagram at the Secret Life Dietitians and on Twitter at T Dietitians. We will catch you next time wherever you get your podcasts.